From Meaning What and It's No Sam Studios, you're listening to Play Up, an exploration of powerful storytelling in video games. I'm your host, Christopher Scott McNeil. Tamine Antonitis, the writer and narrator of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, said that games are capable of drawing you in for hours on end playing the role of a character who's different from you, experiencing their perspective, and actively involving you in a world that functions with a different set of rules. In a nutshell, this is what drove me to Hellblade months ago. My brother told me about a wondrous game where the player controlled a young girl in the throes of psychosis, with auditory hallucinations replacing the heads-up display and tutorials that one expects to find in action-adventure games. That concept alone sold me. I started it shortly after finishing To the Moon, and I quickly fell in love with the story, the visuals, and the unsettling experience of sitting in a dark room with my headphones on while disembodied voices shouted at me. It's a short game. HowLongToBeat.com suggests that it's less than a 10-hour experience, but my save data is still sitting in the cloud, half-finished. The reason for this is the same reason for my absence from meaning what in general. If you know me personally, then you very likely know that my partner has been chronically ill since 2014, and in March of this year, we discovered that the home we'd been living in for almost a decade had been harboring toxic mold. Like many people, I use video games as a means of escapism and experiential avoidance, but I haven't been able to dedicate any amount of meaningful time to the hobby over the last several months. Time has been a factor, but we've also been forced to throw away a majority of our belongings in an attempt to avoid contaminating our new living space, which includes most of our consoles and video games. I've been trying to maintain PlayUp's monthly release of journalistic content focused on games, but when I tried to record something for Hellblade, I realized that I could not effectively produce something that I was happy with for so many reasons. So what does this mean for PlayUp? Well, Sean, Mason, and myself all enjoy video games, and the narrative experience offered by them cannot be ignored in the wider discussion of art and arts education that is central to Meaning What. With this consideration, PlayUp will be taking a hiatus so that I can turn my focus toward the core of Meaning What's content. When the segment does return, we plan on reintroducing it as a more conversational discussion that will be available to our patrons at patreon.com slash meaningwhatpod. In the meantime, here is a uh, lightning round of games that I'd wanted to discuss on PlayUp. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is a shining example of how the interactive nature of video games can be a powerful storytelling tool. While the combat can be clunky at times, and God of War did a much better job with the whole disembodied voice explaining Nordic mythology thing, I would say these don't detract from the player experience that developers were going for. Next up is Disco Elysium, which caught my eye after I saw its similarities to Dungeons & Dragons. It is a CRPG, which Solomon Thompson of The Gamer describes as a genre so old that it stands for computer role-playing game. Thompson continues by suggesting that these epic stories, packed with amazing writing, are waiting to be explored, and Disco Elysium's story grips the player from the beginning. You interact with different aspects of the character's self, like the lizard brain and the limbic system, 
inanimate objects, and other people to solve several mysteries. However, the degree to how the player interacts with these elements depends on a very detailed and customizable character stats system, and each build lends itself to a completely different experience of Disco Elysium's world. I'm only two hours into this one, but it's already been one of my favorite gaming experiences in a long time. Lastly, Spiritfarer was one of my favorite experiences to spectate this year. My partner was looking for a low-stress game with great visuals, and Spiritfarer checked those boxes and more. In the game, Stella, accompanied by her cat Daffodil, inherits the task of ferrying the souls of the dead to the afterlife. However, to do so, Stella has to aid these spirits, many of whom have connections to Stella, before they can successfully move on. Spiritfarer is part builder sim, part management game, and part adventure game. Tom Marks of IGN suggests that if playing through The Last of Us Part 2's bleak world is like taking a cold shower, Spiritfarer's is something closer to sliding into a warm bubble bath. Thank you for listening. If you want to catch more play up once the segment returns, then become a patron at patreon.com slash meaningwhatpod. You'll have exclusive access to lots of other content, like bonus episodes, a monthly playlist, and much more. If you'd like to help my partner and me rebuild our lives and heal from toxic mold, we've started a GoFundMe. You can donate, share our story, and keep up with our journey at www.helpthemcneils.com. That's H-E-L-P-T-H-E-M-C-N-E-I-L-L-S dot com. If you can't donate, we really would appreciate you sharing our story with your circle. Play Up is a product of It's No Sam Studios and was produced by me, Christopher Scott McNeil, with additional production provided by Mason Hirschnell and Sean Ang. Play Up's theme music is Copy Loop by Mason Hirschnell. It's no Sam Studios. Well, actually... Did I stutter?